Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A strange spiraling white light was spotted in the early morning sky over Sydney with even sceptical witnesses wondering if it was a UFO. They were last seen on the beach with a tall man. And that's the best description police have ever had of him. More than 17 years after Harold Holt disappeared into raging surf at Cheviot Beach, his widow has finally revealed his last romantic words. Docking, terrifying, mesmerising. That's the way a number of Australians have described their alleged encounter with the Yowie. It's time for the Weird Crap in Australia podcast. Welcome to the Weird Crap in Australia podcast. I'm your host, one of your hosts, Matthew Soul, joining me for another episode of weird, wonderful, and wacky entertaining endeavors is Holly, Holly Soul. <laughs> for and half a second, then I keep, was a bit worried. <laughs> you keep suggesting that I forget your name lately. I'm not sure why. It's just because you hesitate before you say it. I don't know whether that's intentional or not. Oh, yeah, I've got 15 girlfriends. So, I've got to keep everyone- You've obviously you know, gotten f- rid of a couple, man. Well, I love you more because I married you. <laughs> Yay. You know, it's just, uh, I'm a very passionate man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolute bullshit because number one, no one is as crazy as you. So, no one else would have me. Yay. And number two, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm helping you to write Weird Crap in Australia Volume 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got Volume 1 coming out very soon. Pre-orders will be up 1st of August. Actually, by the time this airs, pre-orders will be open. Oh, well, there you go. Pre-orders are open already. Head to Amazon.com to make sure that you pre-order either your favourite section of Weird Crap in Australia, as there'll be four different sections, or pre-order yourself the Deluxe Edition, which contains all of it. And you can head to Amazon to grab your copy of Weird Crap in Australia Volume 1. Or if you want the physical edition, you will go to Lulu.com, right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, and if you buy a physical di- edition, don't forget to shoot us an email with your address so we can send you what's called a signature nameplate. A book plate, yeah. Yes, and then you can put our signature in the book uh, absolutely free. If you buy the physical edition, you deserve it. Yes. All right. So, I've been promising aliens for a long time. About three weeks. <laughs> About three weeks, yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say. It was About like, yeah, weeks. we'll do it next week. Uh, okay, maybe next week. <laughs> All right, the book's not here. It will have to be next week. (laughs) Took us a little while to get there, but we got the book. Uh, Today, the main reference uh, material for this episode, because we really didn't need- Like, it was was actually quite a difficult thing. It's not even a case that is particularly talked about on the internet. No, because it destroyed someone's career. Yes. So, so the book that we're going to be using today as a reference is called uh, Hair of the Alien. That's written by Bill Chalker. Now, Bill Chalker is Australia's premier uh, UFO, ufologist, ufologist. What do the, uh, the Navy call them now? The American Navy. They call them unidentified aerial vehicles. U- yeah, UAVs. UAVs. Yes. No, 
UAV yeah, is unmanned aerial vehicle. I don't know. I don't remember what the acronym is. Unknown aerial vehicle. So, yes. That would make sense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't pay attention. This is your problem. <laughs> so, Bill Chalker, of course, is a Australia's UFO guy. The problem with the study of UFOs, and I found this with a lot of researchers, is I think they get to a, a point of certain desperation. And this isn't just ufologists. This is every conspiracy theorist. Yeah. They get to a point where they so desperately want a particular thing to be the conclusive case, the thing that gets them over the line, that, in my opinion, they lose objectivity. Unfortunately, this is going to play into this story a little bit. This is actually, in my opinion, the downfall of Bill Chalker. And he gets probably conned by a dude that's been conning people for quite some time. Or, as I always like to say... Or aliens did it. But we're going to dive into it, regardless of whether it's true or not. If you're a true believer and you want a good UFO story, congratulations, we've got you covered. If you're like us and you're conspiracy realists and you'd like uh, just an interesting story on the downfall of a very prominent researcher. Stick around till the end of the episode where Holly loses her brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, we always give you the debunked version and the bunked version. So, you get both. As if you always. don't want to hear rationality, cut the episode off early. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll give you a warning. We'll go, warning, true believers, it's time to leave the podcast. All right, uh, let's talk, Holly, about the hair of the alien and the story of a young Peter Corey. Peter Corey was born in 1964 in Lebanon. Now, he and his family migrated to Australia in 1973 at the age of nine. I mention this because it will come up a little bit later. Peter moved back home to his parents' house in Sydney in 1988 after about six months of finding himself. He was welcomed back home and reignited a relationship with his high school sweetheart, Vivian, who he met in 1981. Um, what's interesting about this period of time is that I've heard a couple of different dates on it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a suggestion that uh, Peter was on the mean streets of Sydney for up to five years doing something. <laughs> I'm not sure what, but he was on the mean streets. Well, he was a construction worker, so it was definitely alcohol at least. <laughs> well, this is when he was, it, it's very foggy, but it seems like he disappeared from home for a while as a teenager. Finding had, himself. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that finding yourself. Never understood that one. On the night of July 12, 1988, at about 11 p.m., he and his father were watching television while his brother Sam was in the room he shared with Peter asleep. Sam soon emerged and asked Peter to watch the end of the movie in the bedroom so that he could watch it in his favourite chair in the TV room. Now, Peter, of course, didn't mind being the younger brother. He was probably used to his older brother bossing him around. So he went to the bedroom, stretching out on the bed. And that, this is where the weird stuff starts. <laughs> I hear some resentment in you. Now, I know you're the oldest, but I take it uh, your brother used to bully I'm the you shortest. Off. Yeah, okay, you are that the shortest tell too. You. Yeah. Were you bullied off the television and stuff like that? There's a reason why I used the computer more than anyone else. I wasn't allowed near the TV. Ah, there you go. I <laughs> figured that. Between home and away in the Xbox, I didn't get a chance. Well, see, me and Lindsay used to watch all the same things together, generally speaking, so that there was never any real competition for the television. Yeah. Um, well, lucky you. Your family was so great. You didn't have sibling <laughs> rivalry. Well, we did to a certain extent, but not a, not a not huge extent. Level. Yeah, not to your level. <laughs> 
Well, now you have your own television in your own room. And I can- watch the TV while I'm playing on my computer. Yes. Ah, she watches air sister, crash, air sister crash who watches, who listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, we, yeah, just wanted to address that. There was just a bit of a tone there. All right. So, this is a quote from Peter himself. Lying on my bed, I felt something grab my ankles. And as I felt this, this strange numbness, tingling and churning sensation crawled up through my body and, and right up to my head. I was paralyzed. I tried to call out to family members, but I couldn't force the words out. At this stage, I started to panic, thinking I would not walk again. Have you ever experienced something like that? No, I don't get things like sleep paralysis. I tend to jerk myself awake more often than I <laughs> end up laying there going, why can't I move? Yeah, like last night. Huh? What's going on? I don't know. You woke in my me head, up. In my head, I stepped off the edge of a pathway, twisted my ankle and woke up with a jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, I'm not a jerk. It's not my fault you're in bed. <laughs> uh, this used to happen to me when I was a kid all the time. Yeah. Uh, especially when I was a kid. The, there was often I'd have dreams where I was sort of like stuck to, you know, a bedroom floor or something like that. And there'd be some sort of shadowy, monstery sort of figure in the corner. We know, we now know um, that that's sleep paralysis. And sleep paralysis is where your body to get you to sleep and stop you uh, performing kung fu in your sleep, just like Holly does. It doesn't does. stop you. <laughs> just, <laughs> the, the idea is that your body releases a, a group of chemicals into your bloodstream in order to paralyze you, essentially. Your, your brain shuts your body down. Um, and that way, you know, if you're having a dream like Superman, you're not going to get up and jump out a window. <laughs> now, what can happen is a certain malfunction that can happen where your conscious mind starts to wake ahead of your body and it usually means that you'll have uh, a little bit of an audio hallucinatory uh, situation uh, and a lot of people describe their encounters with the shadow man. Uh, Some people uh, just sit on the line of, okay, this is just a hallucination because your body's functions aren't functioning correctly. Other people go, no, the shadow men are quite real. They're from another dimension and they're sinister. And then the next lot of people will tell you that it's alien encounters. If you want a good fictional account of this, The House on the Hill, the Netflix series, the main character has it. And that tends to, spoiler alert, it's basically the main line of the series, the main reason for things. Insomnia. I think it's called, no, not Insomnia. It was directed by James Wan. I don't know. Oh, God, we talked about it on the Saw episode. If you go back and listen to the Saw episode that we did, uh, we talked about uh, that. He did a a couple of films where it it was basically based around the idea of demons and sleep paralysis sort of situations. Um, I recall my brother also having- Yeah, I remember him saying- Yeah, he had a a, a bad time where he was constantly working. He was like- really, really tired, which is also a key to sleep paralysis. And he described a, it was like a shadowy demonic girl. And he said she like climbed onto his chest. And I mean, that could have been a sexy dream, but what he said (laughs) happened was like her eyes opened up and it was just pure red light. And then she just screamed at him. He said the whole place shook as well, which is also an indicator of sleep paralysis. 
Or he was molested by an alien. And I mean, it's Lindsay, so who knows? I mean, that sounds more like a succubus incubus kind of situation there. But again, that's where they think the idea of a succubus and an incubus came from was people suffering sleep paralysis. Um, couple that with uh, young men going <laughs> through puberty. Lots of opium. <laughs> yeah, lots of opium. Well, I was going to say going through puberty, meaning a lot of wet dreams, that's also cool. is is heavily suggested. Uh, <laughs> By the way, not talking about Lindsay, talking about people way back in time <laughs> that they were doing a lot of opium, just in case they got misconstrued and Gary decided to talk to Lindsay. <laughs> just in case. Or Blake. Blake will probably tell Lindsay. Yeah, he'll probably uh, isolate it and send it to him <laughs> in the Facebook chat. Okay, so the father and... The brother continued to watch the television without hearing Peter's struggle in the room because, of course, he's paralyzed. He can't move. He can't make a sound. We have another quote this time of what Peter can see. I became aware of some sort of communication. It was seemingly telepathic. No sound made, and yet I could hear the message in my mind. I was told not to worry. I would not be harmed. To the left side. I made eye contact with two beings who looked so different to the others. These were thin, tall, with black eyes and a narrow chin. They were goldish yellow in colour. See, now this is a new one uh, because I believe he's describing the uniforms of the X-Men and I believe he's been contacted <laughs> by Charles Xavier here. Uh, it's It's interesting that Australian aliens don't have the same look as American aliens. It's very, very rare that they're grey. Yeah. Yeah. In Australia, like when we were talking about the Cahill case all the way back, I think in the first 20 episodes of the podcast, uh, she described the uh, the alien she encountered as pitch black with deep red eyes. Mm -hmm. um, we also talked about sleep paralysis in that episode. That was episode 47. Episode 47. So not in the, the t first 20. It all blows together. <laughs> but this is very interesting here where he's talking about um, deep black eyes and a goldish tinge to their skin. Mm -hmm. So again, it, which doesn't sort of conform to the sort of mainstream stuff that comes out of America concerning no. aliens. You know, they've got the the short greys, the tall greys, the reptilians, the, the Venusians, <laughs> you know, and yeah, the, the pop culture green alien as well. So, yeah, it, it's interesting that I wonder if it's a cultural thing where growing up in a different country surrounded by a different environment leads people to have different encounters i have a theory Shoot. it's probably going to sound really racist but white people <laughs> white people see gray aliens mm. he's lebanese he has browner skin so he sees golden aliens Cahill is in Australia, which has a big native black population, so she sees black aliens. Right. So it's it really is a specifically a cultural thing or Possibly. you know, how you that's my up. theory. That's it's an interesting theory, actually. It's an interesting theory. The contact with the strange beings washed away the fear that Carrie felt. He got the impression that one of these beings was male and one was female. He also got the impression of doctors as they were wearing white coke-like robes and small face masks. Wear a mask, everybody. This is an interesting one, too, because you know how aliens are always depicted as being in the nude? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These guys are wearing wizard robes. They're actually wearing some clothing for a change. The The idea of the nude alien, that didn't change. When it, like, they used to be depicted as wearing little spacesuits and things like that. 
And then at a certain point, the American pop culture changed and they became like fully nude all the time. That's when Paul got involved, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very much like the, the depiction of- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bailey and then uh, in Paul. Um, but yeah, they were, for some reason, they stopped wearing clothes. <laughs> but obviously, these guys are wearing, wearing some clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another quote here. I was so relieved. The one closest to my head communicated with me telepathically. He told me not to worry. It would be the last time. It was at this stage that I noticed a long needle-like flexible crystal tube. The being then pointed the needle to the top left of my head and inserted it. A thing on the tip, it it was in my head. No, no, read the actual line because it sounds like a sex tape quote. A thing on the tip. It's gone in. And that's going that in the deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, they've microchipped him basically. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're they're tagging him as a as if you would put a tag on a, a cow. No, tag on a cow is the ears. What you're looking at is more a dog or a cat microchip. GPS locator, brainwave activity, radar. I mean, if it's in your temple, then I assume it's got something to do with your brain. Do you know much about alien implants? No, this so is th- your department. <laughs> so there are a lot of people who have. There's one doctor in America who specializes in the removal of alien implants. They they say they have the evidence and they say they keep it, but they say that when they pull it out, either one or two things happens. They disintegrate or the alien implant just functions as a, as a piece of metal. Like it, it, it reverts back into something more earthly. That doctor has absolutely no imagination. He should have a little drawer of tiny little fake microchips that he just pulls out. Well, what I reckon that is actually happening there is that there's something that happens to to people, especially when they're overweight and they get skinnier, and they're these hard little lumps form um, because what it, it's basically solidified fat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, you felt little bumps in my legs when I've lost a lot of weight, that's what that is. It's hard little lumps of fat that, that become solidified. And they're, you know, if you're ever feeling your skin, you feel a little bit of a bump. You I don't immediately, them, yeah. yeah, you don't immediately have to think it's cancer. Um, it could just be one of these little solidified uh, fat deposits. Never but get it they, checked anyway. <laughs> yeah, but get it checked anyway. We're not doctors, not medical advice. Uh, but they don't hurt you. And a lot of people have speculated that charlatans within the UFO community, and there are a fucking ton of them, are actually just removing, uh, which you can safely remove them. Like, again, it doesn't affect you either way. It's like if you don't like the feeling of little lumps under your skin, you get it removed. And they believe that that could be one thing that those doctors that are, quote, unquote, removing alien implants are actually just re- removing um Tiny uh, solid fat crystals, yeah. From there, Corey lost time. The next thing he knew, he was jumping out of bed, fully operable, and walking to the TV room where his brother and father sat. 
The two men were asleep in their chairs. I woke my brother up. He looked dazed and lost. As he put it, he felt switched off. I asked him how long it had been since I went to my room, and he replied, I don't know, about 10 minutes, which was how long I thought it had been. When I left the TV room, a film was just starting, yet as I spoke to my brother, we realized that the TV station was apparently closed, and at least one to two hours had passed by. Uh, back in the era where it wasn't 24-hour television. Do you, you end your broadcast day. Do you recall any? No. <laughs> you don't? The only one that I recall doing that was, I think at a certain point, SBS did that, didn't they? They switched to like music and the weather. I'd like to point out that I went to bed at 7.30 right up until I was about 16. So <laughs> I don't know. You're so lame. <laughs> <laughs> Party but, hard, man. Party that, hard. <laughs> that, that being said, I know you quite well. And I understand why your mum used to send you to bed. If Holly doesn't get about 11 hours of sleep, she gets very cranky at the world around her. <laughs> no, that's just my default personality. <laughs> uh, SBS used to do that. The special broadcasting service. They used to cut out at about two, three in the morning after the very last cult film of the night. That's a lot later than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then they'd shut down for a bit and then they'd start back up again around nine or 10 in the morning. I remember the only exposure to this that I've had was in Toy Story 2, where the dude fell asleep in front of the lounge and the TV went, and thus concludes your broadcast day and the TV turns off. That's the only exposure I've ever had to it. When digital channels first sort of popped up, uh, there was a lot of, uh, like, the digital channels, some of them they would cut out, like ABC Kids, they would cut out around a certain amount of time. Well, and just if your kids to, are awake at 10 o'clock at night, yeah. then something and, else. Which is now, I think, ABC comedy. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it is a it did used to happen where channels <laughs> would uh, stop working. It was a real thing. Yes. Curry told his brother what he thought happened, though his thoughts were apparently very fragmented. The older brother believed him, or at least eventually believed that he believed it. Mm, That's always the problem (laughs) too, is a lot of people will go, oh, you know, my family believes that this happened as well. And it's like- Realistically, they're just patting them on the head going, that's nice, dear. Well, not patting them on the head in a condescending way, but just generally being like, oh, no, I believe that you believe that that's what happened, but that doesn't mean it happened. The other thing as well is when you love someone a lot, you're willing to go along with things in order to preserve the peace or by a sort of group think situation. And unfortunately, that does happen a lot because people people are generally more kind than they should be in certain situations. <laughs> the next day, Corey found his fiancée, Vivian, and told her what he thought happened. When he touched the side of his head, he found dry blood on the side of his face. Now, Vivian, of course, took a look and noticed both a puncture wound and dried blood. He went to his family doctor, but the doctor commented that Corey, Eddie's construction worker, must have hit his head on a nail at work and that it wasn't something worth worrying about. When he tried to tell the doctor that he'd been abducted and something was inserted into his head, he was laughed at. (laughs) To be fair, the the doctor would have... So the doctor should have done his due diligence, but it kind of sounds like he did. And it was just like, look, it's just a scrape. You're okay. Um, Corey was a construction worker. Um, and I don't want to, re- did you detail his uh, beating that he took? Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
there's always a chance that he accidentally hurt himself. And I mean, I have bruises that I don't even remember getting. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, again, as well, it's it's worth pointing out as parasite infection too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like, you know. A pimple. A pimple is another one to talk about. Infected hairs, things like that. Uh, And, yeah, so I think- the doctor was right in this circumstance. <laughs> Corey is an interesting person because he's almost, he, in my opinion, he's a bit of an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Uh, he will often talk about, oh, I was, I d- disappeared for a little while to quote unquote find myself. Like he offers these very vague details, um, which some have speculated is that he was out on the streets and he was running with a rough crowd and that he also may have been you know, taking recreational drugs, uh, which at a young age, and this is one thing that I warn people about, especially when it comes to drug use, your brain doesn't really fully develop till you're about 21, 22. And if you are someone who has a family history of, say, schizophrenia or other mental illness, marijuana smoking at a young age, and I'm cool with marijuana, I'm cool with weed, I have no problem with it whatsoever, after the age of 21, where it's not going to damage your developing brain. If Corey was out on the streets doing a bunch of recreational drugs, there is a very, very good chance that he may have developed a mental illness due to that drug exposure. Well, this incident took place when he was 24. Now, even just normal or socially acceptable drugs like alcohol would affect a growing brain. Oh, 100%. You don't even have to be out there snorting coke. When, when was the first time that you got drunk? Got drunk when mm. I was 18. Really? Mm-hmm. It was literally my 18th birthday celebration. <laughs> I was nearly 15. It's a little bit different in the country. Yeah, because y'all grow up earlier. Curry later found physical scars on his body from the experience. Now, he said there was a biopsy-style puncture mark on his shin, which I've looked at, and it's you've got one on yours. It basically looks like someone's taken a tiny little divot of skin out of you. Yeah, it's because it's I, uh, I fell over and hurt myself on a rock. Yep, that's pretty much what he's got. Yeah. and But that's a biopsy-style puncture mark on his skin. Yeah, no, you pull on a face. Why like, would what? you? Why would you ha- do a biopsy on the knee? Do on the people, shin, I don't know. Do they do shin biopsies? I mean, if you got cancer, I assume so. But otherwise, shin. I doubt it. I suppose so. Bone cancer. Yeah. That's about it. While talking to his Lebanese family and Vivian's Greek-rooted family, it did little more than try to convince him that they. When he talked to his Lebanese family and Vivian's Greek-rooted family, they did little more than try to convince him that he'd actually been visited by St. Carbel, Lebanon's first saint, simply because the aliens were wearing robes. Now, of course, Curry did not take that as gospel and decided that that was definitely not the answer. I love this. I love this. So, look, son, we believe you. We understand you were visited by someone, but it wasn't aliens. It was an angel. (laughs) It's definitely much better and more convincing. It wasn't an just, angel, it was a saint. I love the uh, the swapping out of one crazy for another. Like, there's a socially accepted crazy, and I'm, I'm not trying to offend you, uh, Christians. I know we have Christian listeners. Again, you can believe whatever you want, just as long as I don't have to, just putting that out there. But it's like you've got, for some people, the more rational 
answer to an alien visitation is no, it was a saint appearing to you from heaven. That's the more rational answer. Well, to add a little bit to this, St. Carbal is also the name of the pebble cult. So. <laughs> All ties back. Carbal has a lot to answer for. Mm. A few months later, Curry and Vivian were out driving when they saw a billboard featuring an alien similar to, similar to that which Curry described. Now, apparently there was no text to the image, just the image itself, and they went mad trying to work out what the hell it was. A few days later, however, the image was explained. Now, the image was what is now known as a Stryber alien, plastered everywhere to advertise Whitley Stryber's new book, Communion. Now, I actually have a picture of it in the notes for you to look at. Mm. It looks a lot like a grey, but it's a very much more narrow. It's a book I want to get. I haven't actually got that book oh, well, yet. I'll add that to the list. <laughs> well, a, f- a fan is sending me a book from Florida, and I may I have a feeling it might actually be this book. I look forward to reading whatever book I get sent. I look forward to reading it. Um, but yeah, community is saying that I'm I've been after. You know who played uh, Whitley Stryber in the movie? I don't care. Oh, <laughs> it's Alien. Aww. But I don't care. <laughs> Oh, there are some great alien movies, though. Yeah, I like Paul, but that's about it. <laughs> I, I can show you some really scary ones. Uh, the movie Communion is... Is, is, is it right? Is all right? Is all right? Is We're- it above or below the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie? Oh, that's a hard <laughs> benchmark. Uh, probably a little bit above. I don't really like the Keanu Reeves Communion... Uh, Constantine. Constantine film. Uh, it was Christopher Walken played Whitley Stryber. Um, communion. I can't imagine that. It's so bad. <laughs> hey, you aliens, it needs more cowbell. I'm not very good at walking. <laughs> yeah. The only voice you really can't do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I probably could if I practiced, but but I won't. Uh, now, Communion is the story of Whitley Stryber. He went out to his ranch or sort of like his cabin in the woods to do some riding. And he was harassed by aliens for a long, long time. Uh, Aliens or teenagers? (laughs) Well, that's a question. (laughs) Let's go fuck about with Streber again. You got your mask? Yeah, I got my mask. Let's go fuck about with him again. Uh, Knowing authors from the 1980s, he was probably off his face on something. Coke. It's always Coke. Wasn't it? It was Stephen King. He was just Coke and alcohol. That's all he lived on. Coke and alcohol. Uh, so, Whitley Stryber, he basically, there was a campaign of constantly having aliens in his face. This went on for quite some time. He wrote the book Communion. It sold very, very well. Uh, movie did okay. Not great, did okay. Uh, and then I believe Whitley Stryber then basically became a recluse, which is, again, what happens to most people who come out and talk about their alien experiences. Well, at one point, he definitely did a book tour. Mm, absolutely, he he did, up yeah. In Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, he he became very successful for this book, but again, it's it's like all people. Uh, Kelly Cahill was very much ahead of her time, knowing that when she wrote her book, she needed to use a pseudonym so it didn't destroy her life. Like she was very, very smart in that respect. Most people who report on their alien abductions, and look, there are cases that I've looked at that I think are interesting. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say that they're, they're true, but they are definitely interesting. But the, the sad thing is for the people who share those experiences, it can destroy their lives. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why not only do we talk about um, Peter Corey here, who 
it didn't so much destroy his life, really. He sort of his family seemed to just run with it. <laughs> Bill Chalker, on the other hand, it kind of ruined his life. Yeah, but he walked into that one. Well, again, like they always do. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of Communion. It is a book and it's also a movie. You can go check out both of those. Um, okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. According to Chalker, and we have a quote, so Matthew can't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Peter eventually bought a copy of the book. Vivian read it first, remarking to Peter that he was not going to believe what he would read. To Vivian, it was startling. The stories in this bizarre and strange book were oddly familiar. Peter had told her all about them. So the implication here is that either Peter was on the beta team for reading the book before it came out, or somehow Stryber was reading his mind from a different continent and wrote down about the experiences. That's no, the implication. Not really. The implication there is the uh, shared abduction experience. Um, yeah, I went for rationality. And not really. You, you went to, you did it again. It you always either, go to the extreme. It was you're either like, a beta for a book, made it up and someone else heard about you're it. Like, you're like, the only possibility is that Peter Corey somehow got exclusive access to an early copy of the book before it released or that Schreiber and Corey were having telepathic communication and experience in an abduction scenario yeah. all at the same time. They're extreme ends. Or how about Vivian read the book Corey had explained a very similar abduction scenario to Schreiber and she was like, this is kind of like what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> you always, I like, do it to frustrate you. You know that, right? <laughs> ah! <laughs> and it works. <laughs> um, but there are always parallels to abduction scenarios and that is why people often think that, again, sleep paralysis is, is blamed because we're all running with the same hardware while we're all hallucinating relatively the same thing. Another thing that the brain actually has a really hard time doing is forming faces in dream states. That's why they look all mushed. Or pulled apart, like elongated, you know, because the brain really has... You know, when you're dreaming, dreamings are not the way, you know, we not normally perceive the world. As some have suggested it's like the the hardware in your brain is sort of doing a reset for the day. It's getting rid of all that information you don't need or it's helping to memorize the information you do need, what will eventually become your memories. And, yeah, the the brain has this real difficult time trying to extrapolate what a human face looks like. And, you know, it's why we have a lot of dreams about monsters and aliens because it takes the very basics, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and, and, and tries to form it. And when it tries to form it, sometimes, you know, you can get that alien, uh, that alien look. 
counted, well, not counted, but kind of supporting that. I have had vivid dreams where I've woken up and thought it was about mum, but looking back on it, it wasn't her face, but somehow I knew it was mum. Yeah, because the emotions are quite easy to replicate in a dream. Yeah. So you feel the the the, the love for your mum and, and the feeling. The connection. Yeah, the, the connection, but the face isn't quite right. And often- uh, when I, I think about my dreams and, uh, and I'm dreaming of people themselves, I don't have very vivid dreams of faces. It's more like static. You get a quarter of hours kind of mask come down over it's, them. It's more like a picture, you know. That's the, But I don't often dream either, so, yeah. With this information in front of him, Corey suddenly remembered a strange occurrence that took place in Lebanon in 1971. And this is kind of the problem. This is kind of the power of suggestion here. If instead of instead of just reporting purely on his experiences, I think that in once someone has a abduction in a scenario, and and I'm happy to call them that because. Regardless of whether they're real or not, they're real to that person, mm-hmm. you know. So whether it's purely a malfunction of bra- of the brain or whether it really happens, it's kind of irrelevant for those people because they experience the fear and the confusion and the loss of control. The chemicals are still there the, responding. The, yeah, the, the chemical. Yeah, exactly. The emotions, the chemical responses are still there, regardless of of how this situation is occurring. But the problem is when people start going into their abduction stories, they start looking into everyone else's, and then they start to make it all fit. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when we go back and we think about our memories, you kind of, you're not, you, never, you don't have a photographic view of your memories. It's sort of like you're overriding them with with the way you are at the time. Like well, I remember back during my, way back in my university days with the psychology course, it's you never remember a memory, you rewrite it. That's correct. Every time you th- you have, you know, like think about the, the f- your first dog. You are rewriting your memory. It's more like you're putting your your current experiences onto that memory, mm-hmm. and it, and it changes it every single time, unless you have a photographic memory, and those people are different. Yeah, and they are incredibly rare as well. Just yes. because you say you have one doesn't mean you have one. Yes. In 1971, Corey and some of his childhood friends went up onto a roof in Lebanon to play something which was not unusual at the time. Now, Peter was the last to walk through the door onto the rooftop, and then he stopped and looked up. Now, his cousin Gabby was looking up to the sky, his friends frozen not a few feet away from him. Above them was a big ball. A helicopter, he thought at the time. It was very close. Peter thought that he could be able to reach up and touch the strange helicopter, a silent egg-shaped craft hovering above them. Peter could make out the presence of two thin people inside the object but the light was such that he couldn't make out much more detail than that um now lebanon 1970s are we talking a place that would have a lot of war i mean israel has always been very aggressive to its neighbors trying to assert itself so it would not surprise me if there was some kind of attack from israel trouble in the middle east get out of here (laughs) Considering also the fact that he mentions here that it might have been an Israeli helicopter. Yeah. Means that presences of aircraft was not uncommon in the area. That's what I was kind of thinking as well, is that it could be a lot of military aircraft. Um, Not only that, as we quite well know, Holly, what do the Americans like to do around the world? Fuck around with people with their drones and their 
They like yes, prototype. The, that's the word. Prototype aircraft. They like to use other countries to test their uh, essentially what would become the drone program, which was not that far off. Start de- deploying drones officially back in two thousands. Yeah. For uh, more information on what we're getting at, episode thirty one, yeah. the Westall incident. So yeah, like what two thousand and one during the the quote unquote war on terror that has never finished. <laughs> we're still doing it. I mean, we're war on drugsing from the seventies. Tw- so. Twenty years later. It's still fucking going on. Um, that was some of the first public deployment of drone technology. Mm-hmm. You know, so now- Didn't mean it didn't exist beforehand. Oh, it, it absolutely did exist. And that's the thing that I always- uh, And like I say, the Americans love to test their experimental aircraft in every other theater but America until they're ready to deploy it against <laughs> Americans themselves. Um, which is why they've- I think they flew a couple of drones over BLM protesters- uh, which is the first, the official time that they've actually used drones. In America, on to, American soil. Yeah. <laughs> the children stopped watching the object sometime later with absolutely no memory of moving. The children found themselves on the ground staring at each other. Now, Corey was apparently the only child who remembered the egg-like craft and its occupants. So they were obviously members of the MIB with the flashy thing. <laughs> At the time, he thought it was a strange Israeli helicopter, but now he wasn't so sure. This, of course, raised memories of another short encounter because this always ends up in a chain reaction. In February 1988, he and Vivian witnessed a strange light jumping erratically around Hurlstone Park in Sydney. Now, Corey talked the experiences over with his mother, who came forth with her own stories of encounters around him. So at the moment, it's starting to look like Corey is actually an alien fucking magnet. Or he's heard his mother's stories, forgot about them, and it's become part of his subconscious mind. Again, we give you both sides. We give you (laughs) what they say. We give you the debunk theory. Don't hate me for debunking. Don't hate the player, hate the game. (laughs) So in mid-May 1964, at their home in northern Lebanon, his mother said she was looking after Corey, who was around four months old. Awake at about 4am, which is never the best time to be awake. But being a new mother, of course, 4am, you're going to be awake Sleep deprivation yeah. like nothing else. She was half asleep when she saw a man standing in the window looking in. Hello. <laughs> Good day, ma'am. Good day. <laughs> this was rather unusual looking man for a man in Lebanon. I imagine maybe he was just stalking the window to wait to see her, her breastfeeding. Come on. Come on, show me the... Uh why did you make it weird? Well, because I feel that that's a more likely explanation than an alien. I'll I, th- I think it was someone casing the joint trying to see whether or not they can break in and steal some shit. Or it was Jimmy, the local pervert. I mean, there's a Jimmy in every neighborhood, but doesn't mean that this was specifically Jimmy. There's always a local pervert in every neighborhood. <laughs> uh, we have a quote here describing him. Rather than a typical dark-haired Lebanese... What she saw was a blonde haired, very fair skinned man in a long sleeve black turtleneck top standing at the window. He appeared to have a long, handsome face with his rather long hair parted at the side near his ear. Now, Holly, do you know who we are discussing right now? I mean, it sounds like I, Lucius Malfoy to me, so I don't know. For God's sake, it's, all, it's always Harry Potter <laughs> That's with just, you, girl. I'm just seeing Jason Isaacs there, I don't know. Well, Interestingly enough, uh, that is 
a description of what's called a Venusian. Now, we've talked about the Venusians before when we're talking about the hierarchy of alien races. And sorry, folks, there are a couple of them. You have... I, I need a little bit of music, <laughs> little, you know, like the chart and like a pointer. <laughs> yeah, and they're like as I walk walk through the list. So we've got tall greys, short greys. We have our reptilians. We have our insectoids. Right, they look like giant prey mantises, and we have the Venusians. Right, Venusians are like. They're, they're basically exactly like they're the Asgardians the from Marvel's uh, films, from the Thor movies. They're tall. They're powerful. They're They've pretty. got beautiful <laughs> hair. Gorgeous hair. They come to Earth for our hair care products. <laughs> right. A Venusian called Valiant Thor, back in the day, made a deal with the Roosevelt government to protect Earth and share technology. <sighs> that... The, what they just described there sounds very much like a Venusian. And whenever Melkings are involved, and when I say Melkings, I mean when they abduct people and steal their eggs being women or steal their sperm being men, that's what I'm talking about. And Venusians always seem to be involved in some way, shape or form with Melkings. they're sexual perverts. They're just very sexy guys, very sexy girls. Kuru's mother told him that while she didn't fear the man, she didn't remember how the encounter ended. She'd asked around to find out if the man was a sailor looking around the town, but there ultimately didn't seem to be an answer. When he asked her about UFOs over Lebanon as a general thing and the helicopter he remembered specifically, she said that they saw lights all the time calling them flying plates, but everything was just put down to the Israelis and forgotten. So it's Jewish guys are doing weird Jewish things again. I'm not going to extrapolate on that. That could go no, entirely see, the I wrong feel, area. <laughs> I feel that I cut that off just before it became offensive. Mm-hmm, which is why I'm like, yeah, I'm not adding to this. There's a very dang- <laughs> yeah, there's a very dangerous ground there if you want to keep that joke going. And now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And today's sponsor of Weird Crap in Australia is Impact Comics. Now, when you love comics as much as I do, it's great to be able to buy them from people that love them too. Of course, Impact Comics is your place to go. It's locally owned and run. The people serving you are all mad for comics, which is just as it should be. They stock superheroes, manga, biographies, and more. And if you're a little kid or a seasoned comics veteran, they have you covered. And most importantly right now, they do mail order as well. Now, you can find out more at impactcomics.com.au forward slash weird. You can check out a special offer for Weird Crap in Australia listeners. That's impactcomics.com.au forward slash weird. Now, back to the show. This wasn't the only encounter the woman had. (laughs) Don't cancel me! (laughs) At the family home in Sydney sometime in the late 70s or early 80s, She was startled by the appearance of a man walking through the hall and into a room. When she went up to confront him, she found the room empty. Now, the men of the house, Kuru's father and older brother, possibly uncles, were tapped to find the intruder, but there was no sign of them. Once again, there was no explanation and the family moved on. It became almost a joke, the ghost in the house. I love it when people can do that, though. Like, and that's how I feel is the best way to see these sort of things. I, I don't know if ghosts are real or not. I don't know if aliens are real or not. I 
tend to think that they're not because I know what the human body uses to sense the world around it. And it's not great. They're imperfect. It's We have imperfect tools of measurement, basically. Some people can make a bit of a joke of it and it's just like, oh, you know, that's such and such down in the hallway. And every now and again, we see him and he's fine. And we just say, g'day, mate, and then go to bed. Uh, and then other people don't deal with it very well at all. Uh, there was a a home that my grandmother lived in for some time and the person that had previously lived there before her brother mm-hmm. had had hung himself in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And she swore up and blue till the day she died that that door at 12 o'clock, approximately the same time the man killed himself, would open regardless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Regardless of what they would do with it, whether they would lock it or hinge it or chain it up, it would open on its own. And they were terrified of that house. It, 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 I think they eventually sold it. Like, it was, it was fucking horrible for her. I think half of surviving that kind of thing is imbuing it with the right energy if you're terrified of a door opening then um you're going to hate it whereas if you're like oh for fuck's sake fred shut the damn door every time that it opens then you're gonna have a different attitude towards it so i feel in an abduction scenario i would be very very nervous very scared but also at the same time sort of curious as to how it was all going to play out in your brain you'd be like right gotta remember everything well, gotta yeah, tell everybody yeah. gotta I, remember I, everything and i'd be like fuck i gotta ask some questions okay c- can you speak english All right, no. no. (laughs) Uh, Am I going to be milked? And at what time, approximately, (laughs) is that going to be happening? Approximately, how long do you intend on taking with this? I do actually have something to do later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, actually, here's a quick question. I was going to save this for a bit later, but I did. We have been talking about milking, and we are probably going to have to leave it there at about the halfway point too. I've got one one more little bit to add on to it that we want to talk about. Then it is definitely going to be a part two. But I'm curious as to your answer to this, Holly. Masturbation and wet dreams. Okay. Does that actually fit the answer? No, not at all, actually. <laughs> I, assumed you, I assumed you were going to ask, like, right. what was milking actually? <laughs> so, I'm abducted by aliens, mm-hmm. okay? Alien female comes out, tells me I'm about to be milked. Mm-hmm. In that situation, as my wife, what do I do? Do I just simply go with it to get back to Earth? Enjoy it. It's the only free pass you're going to get. So, I get a free pass. You get a free pass for aliens, but they have to be actual aliens. You can't just say, yeah, the hooker down the thing dressed up as an alien. <laughs> doesn't count that so way. So, I, I can't just hire sex workers and dress them up as aliens? No, it doesn't that's, work that's like that. That's not going to work? No. But if I'm in- So, if I didn't resist at all and just accepted what was going to happen, mm-hmm. you're completely fine with that. Call it passive resistance. How <laughs> passive does my resistance have to be? Like, in my head, just be like, I don't enjoy this at all. This is a bit shit. As long as I say that in my inner monologue, you're fine. a bit weak. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, there you go. I think we've made that quite clear. It's just, it's come up before in podcasts I've listened to where the podcasters, 
specifically are like, I don't know if my wife would be very happy if I got abducted by aliens and 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 I'd have to fight back a little bit first, but you're you <laughs> no, don't No, don't stop. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh n- no. But I mean for a lot of people too. <laughs> for a lot of people, uh, the Melkings are very invasive and not at all. Probe up the enjoyable. butt kind of stimulating the prostate milkings. But the Ven- Venusians seem to actually they understand. Um, <laughs> they're givers and takers, uh, from all accounts. <laughs> it's the little greys who are just like, mm, "We're going to stick this probe inside of your ding dong." We don't. Not you don't fun. want that. No. no, that's more suction than anything, and it's internal. You don't want yeah, that. No, it makes me cringe. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to this with your kids. <laughs> I hope you were. Hello, nieces and nephews, and also my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my in-laws listen to this. Anyway, moving on. With all the information about these supposed encounters between Curry's mum and aliens, Curry then had started attaching significance to things that happened in the weeks running up to his abduction. Now, footsteps were repeatedly heard on the driveway with no sign of someone who could possibly make them. To Peter and his brothers, it seemed like a lot of heavy-footed men were entering the property night after night, usually in the early hours of the morning, and were coming down the driveway and seemingly passed through the closed garage area. Like walking through the garage. Yeah, we had that too. We called them possums. Because they sound like heavy fuckers. Yeah, when they, they do. When they smash onto a, onto a roof or when they're having a fight, um, yeah, they can sound pretty fucking loud. While the men of the house repeatedly tried to find the reasoning behind these footsteps, they never actually managed it. These episodes finally ended after another encounter Peter had. Peter heard the footsteps again late at night, and this time he was overtaken by paralysis. He slowly became aware that a silhouette of a man was standing in his window, quite a feet as it was eight feet above the ground. Suddenly the silhouette was gone and he could move again. A week later, he was abducted. This is not the end of his troubles, however, and we'll continue on with them next podcast. There you go. So, we will continue the discussion of the life of Peter Corey. In <laughs> the life the encounters next, of Peter Corey. Yeah, in the next episode and the downfall, essentially, of Peter Chalker, which uh, we'll talk as, about as well. We're still willing to have him on the podcast if he ever actually wants to contact us. I reached so by out the end of him. this, he probably wants to shoot us. Well, look, we have his <laughs> books, and I always give him a lot of credit because- Bill Chalker, pardon me, Bill Chalker covered the Westall incident. I mm-hmm. think he did a good job there. Cahill. Uh, Cahill, he did another good job. Uh, because the scientific theory is actually applied to that case quite mm-hmm. well. Like they interviewed different people independent of each other. They kept thing, you know, that sort of double blind where, you know, Cahill didn't know that he was talking to the other witnesses in the case. So- you know, Chalker does a really good job. And he exposed the hoax that was... What, what was the hoax we talked about? It was... The Gunnida Mackay incident. incident. Yeah, another podcast we did. He uncovered that hoax. So, there was a lot of credibility when it comes to Chalker. But I think it, as he moved towards this as part of older, his career... As he got older, he started losing track of things. I, I want to put it nicely. He just... He wanted to win. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Sometimes they get desperate enough, they just want to win. And they will make a case fit their outcome of the case instead of actually just 
seen the case for what it is. The Sherlock Holmes quote to twisting facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we've got more aliens for you next week. See, it turned into a two-party. How good is that? See? Sorry that I rambled good on. Good things come to those who wait. wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is a very interesting story. Um, the good news is we also got another alien book from Bill Chalker. So, there, there'll be more aliens uh, for you guys who like the I have to like read more wisdom. aliens. Yeah, Holly loves it. Absolutely loves it. Now, before I let you guys go, don't forget you can continue the conversation. Find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram as The Modern Meltdown. And you can find us on Twitter. We are at AUS. You can also shoot us an email. Shoot that through to weirdcrapinaustralia at gmail.com. That's weirdcrapinaustralia at gmail.com. When you guys shoot us questions and uh, just generally letting us know how things are going, uh, we prefer it if you shoot those via email or Facebook Messenger. Just makes it a lot easier to get back to you and respond to you. Just did another bunch of uh, responses not too long ago. So, yeah, sometimes I do get a little bit of a backlog, but I always get to everyone. So, if I've ever missed you, send me another message so that my record stays nice and clean. Uh, <laughs> Got to keep that record clean. Exactly. Uh, next, of course, as well, is if you think what we do is worth a few of your hard-earned dollars, you can find us on Patreon. Just type in Weird Crap in Australia into the Patreon search engine. You will find our Patreon account. Uh, people who subscribe to us from the $5 tier get access to a 30-minute usually mini so that we do every week where we find some of the weirdest tales to talk about uh, from the Australian news headlines. That's uh, every week we release those on Patreon. There's also exclusive merchandise uh, and uh, a couple of d different other options. We're also looking to expand our Patreon offerings a little bit more um, as time goes on. We'd like to thank everyone, of course, who supports us on Patreon. Your money bought the book for this episode. So it actually has real flow on effects. Yes. And uh, we, as we always promise, we put it straight back into the podcast. And uh, we also put that money back into getting Blake a shirt and pants. They're on their way, Blake. Because he's not a shirtless <laughs> editor anymore. Now he's the pantsless Considering editor. Considering it's winter, we now have to buy him a jacket too. He hates it when I, I, I don't know if he hates it, but he's, I don't think he's impressed he's, by it. I think it. he's resigned to the joke. Yeah, I think he's resigned to it. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Blake. Uh, and the other way, of course, to support the show is get yourself some weird crap in Australian merchandise. We have a lot of amazing designs by our artist, Ignacio. Uh, they're all on our Redbubble store, which you can find at weirdcrapinaus.redbubble.com. That's weirdcrapinaus.redbubble.com. You can get yourself a cool T-shirt. Uh, before you move on a little bit, just a quick question. Do you intend on putting the book cover up as a T-shirt design? Have you Maybe. thought about it? Maybe. Ignacio is happy for us to do that. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about that okay. a little bit later on. Keep, um, quite we'll keep, possibly. We'll keep you updated in yeah, case you want to know. We haven't put a new design up for a little while. A friend of mine who's an artist as well, uh, he's pitched a very interesting design for a new shirt. So, uh, we could have some new designs coming for you. And yeah, I, I might uh, have a chat with Ignacio and get him to pull apart the covers so it's just the, the picture itself. Um, and we might do one or two. Maybe we can put it to a vote. Who knows? We'll, we'll get see. there. Facebook's destroyed my polling option. <laughs> so, I have to actually ask people to comment. And uh, speaking, of course, of uh, the book, uh, mm -hmm. as I said at the head of the podcast, 
book is now available for pre-order at amazon.com. The way we've set it up for you guys is there's Basically, the four sections of the book can be purchased individually. If you just want the aliens, you can get the aliens. If you just want the murderers, you can get the murderers. Uh, If you want the weird history, you can get the weird history. Or if you would like the complete deluxe collection, which is what I always like to do, that's also available to you. Each different section comes with its own cool little cover as well, which is very, very cool. Now, to get the physical edition from lulu.com, that is only going to be available in the complete collected edition, not the smaller editions. So these would only make little tiny books. Yeah. There's no point me sitting there formatting them all if you can just buy the whole book. Yes. Uh, It takes a long time. So, right now, you can head to Amazon, uh, get yourself in a pre-order so that you have it ready to go sitting on your device. Uh, now, if you're not familiar on how to do ebooks at this stage, and don't feel bad if you, you don't, it's quite easy. If you've got yourself a smartphone, a computer, or if you have yourself a tablet, just download the Amazon Kindle app and go to the store. You'll be able to purchase it uh, straight from there using your uh Method. What? What is Amazon? They only do, uh, they do credit, credit cards. cards. Still, they. Why do they hate PayPal? Because PayPal is eBay, and eBay is the biggest competitor. Ah, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, eBay does no longer own PayPal. It's still associated. So. Yeah. Yeah, they still make a decent amount of money off eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, that is how you purchase a digital copy of the book. And then you can get your on-demand copy uh, in physical edition uh, from lulu.com. Anyone who buys physical edition, shoot us an email with your address so we can shoot you out a signature. Mm-hmm. So, you can slap that inside your book uh, as we continue to all quarantine from each other. But don't worry, you will see us in person again one day. Maybe, depending on how far away from us you live. Canberra, yes. Everywhere else, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. We're going to, we were actually, just before COVID-19 hit, we were planning on starting a, at least a once a month live show here in Canberra. We're actually in discussions with a venue to make that happen. Uh, And then all this sort of stuff hit and I made the decision to pull the plug before we went too far with it. And then a week after I pulled the plug, then the lockdown started. Yeah, so it was so, a good call. So it was a good call. It was, it's a sad call to make, but it was uh, it was the right call at the time. Um, we do need to probably start looking at expanding into uh, Twitch so that we can do maybe a once a week show on Twitch, like a sort of uh, a streaming show. That is something that we've been talking about. Uh, Holly prefers to be in front of a microphone or in front of a computer yeah, screen than in front of people. If you can't see my face, I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, I, it makes Holly very nervous. Um, but that is something that uh, we're thinking about. We're kicking the idea out. If you'd like when that, he let says us know. We, he means Matthew. Matthew is thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's saying that we're uh, we're talking about. Uh, so yeah. Don't forget, go grab yourself a pre-order of that book. You can find it on Amazon.com and Lulu.com. How do you spell Lulu, Holly? Is it L-U-L-U. L-U-L-U-L-U.com. Mm-hmm. All right. That should be up as well for pre-order. Mm, should be. Yes. Uh, so, you can- Depends, I haven't actually looked in to see whether they do pre-order or whether I just go, and the print is now available. Yeah. Because you can always pre-order the ebook. Yeah. There you go. So, pre-orders for the ebook, 1st of August- they should be up already. Uh, we're talking to you from the past. Well, at the moment, it's 27th, so literally they open in four days, which is less than one cycle of Blake <gasps> returning this. So There you go. So, yeah, pre-order that book, guys. Much of it, We put a lot of love into that book, um, so hopefully you enjoy it. We, we can't wait for your feedback on that. 
All right, that's it, folks. I'm going to hand it over to Holly for her traditional last words, which are usually are very mediocre and disappointing. Ouch. <laughs> well, you demanded the end of the, every <laughs> podcast because you're like, I have a funny thing to say each time. And then sometimes you're just being like, I got nothing, bye. I'd love someone to do a compilation of all your I got nothing buys. <laughs> and now Blake's just over on the yeah. editing table just fiddling <laughs> with it. He's always fiddling with it. Yeah, I got nothing. Bye. <laughs> See you next time, folks, for more weird crap in Australia. UFO. <laughs>